Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hey everyone, and welcome back to uh, the 83rd now episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Before we get into it, we got to do some of the pre-show stuff. You know, you kind of get—I'm sure you're getting used to it now. We've done this for a few episodes now, so I'm just going to run down it, and then we can hop into the fun of the episode. So, if you haven't already, please uh, give the show a review, rating, um, share with a friend, all that kind of stuff. Um, it helps the show grow. I always appreciate the reviews and ratings too, because then it makes it so I pop up on other feeds, and then other people will start seeing the show, and it kind of gets the word out. So, just the basic, most simple thing you can do if you enjoy the show. You know, take two seconds, give me a five-star rating. Um, I guess if you don't like me, give me a one-star rating. I have gotten a couple of those. Um, sadly, not really saying what's wrong with the show, so I kind of saw it as more of like a troll thing. But, you know, if you got some constructive constructive criticism, I would definitely appreciate it. So, you know, pass it along. If you're interested in updates on the show, uh, you want to stay up to date on anything cool going on with the show, um, come check me out on social media. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Telegram. The most active one though is Instagram. So definitely go and uh, check that out first before anything else, because they have, the rest just kind of trickle down off of Instagram. Um, if you haven't already too, um, if you're into like the weird paranormal cryptids, all that fun stuff, uh, come and check out Bizarre Encounters. That's my other show. Um, this one's more of like the open-minded talk show as I'm sure, you know, a lot of the listeners who have been around for a minute kind of know, uh, where that one specifically kind of goes into cryptids, paranormal, aliens, all that fun stuff, deep dives. It's a totally different type of show. There's some interviews, of course, but it's just an all-around different setup. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, go check that out. Um, I also do two other shows. They're more of like side shows, though. Um, you got Big Dumb Inquiries, which is like an open-minded clip conversation, conspiracy show, whatever you want to call it. And then uh, I just recently started... Well, I'm a couple episodes in now, but uh, Bite Size Bizarreties, which is kind of like a storytelling show that all pertains to uh, folklore, cryptids, legends, all that kind of fun stuff. So do yourself a favor, go check all that stuff out. Um, I do it all under the alias of uh, Open Minds Media. So the easiest way to come and find any of that is to go and just check out Open Minds Media directly. And speaking of Open Minds Media, 
I took all of these shows that I do and I put them all into one Patreon. So with my Patreon, you don't just get one show, you get four shows. So if you're interested in that, definitely go and uh, check out the Patreon. You get early access to episodes, you get bite-sized bizarreties, and you also get access to live inquiries of our reality. And hopefully going on in the future, if I'm not already doing it, is uh, live bizarre encounters. So definitely worth going and checking out. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on over there. Always updating it. There's always new stuff. I'm always trying to add to it. If anybody has any suggestions, then I'd be more than happy to do it too because I got to make the Patreon experience for all you guys. So go and check it out. Um, and like I said, if there's anything you want me to add, all you got to do is shoot me a message and I'd be more than happy to edit. And uh, if you want to donate to the show, um, you know, keep the lights on around here because uh, eventually it'd be cool to be able to do this full time and uh, get away from the normal rat race, you know, and just do something I enjoy like everybody, you know, you just want to do something you enjoy. So if you're interested in doing that, helping me to do that, you can donate to the show. Um, you can donate on Kofi. You can donate on Anchor. Um, I also recently set up Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, uh, all those links available down in the description. You know, if you want to buy me a kombucha for the show, all that fun stuff, um, you know, go, go and donate to the show. And like I said, I definitely appreciate it. And uh, anybody who does, if you leave a note, whatever, I'll give you a shout out on the show. And uh, like I said, I just want to talk to you in general because I appreciate all you guys that want to help support the show. And uh, if you're interested in getting some merch, I've updated it. So now it's Open Minds Media Merch Store. Because like I said, everything's just all under that alias. Um, there you can find shirts for all four of my shows, even, you know, not that anybody really wants it, but maybe you do because maybe you think it's cool, the Open Minds Media logo. Um, I got a bunch of new stuff going on up there. Uh, I'm trying to update it, add some more stuff. So if there's different types of merchandise that you guys would be interested in, also definitely shoot me a message and let me know because I'm always happy to change stuff, mix it up. And uh, going into some other merch, I got a guy who I, I don't want to say, we're more like a collab. We've teamed up, Joe at Crypto Theology. And he makes some awesome shirts. If you're into all the different cryptid stuff, he makes a bunch of parody shirts, um, such as the Mothman Zone. And it has a Bigfoot sitting on Mothman's wing. So it's a reference to, you know, the old Twilight Zone episode. Um, there's a bunch of them that look like different bantees, but there is cryptids. And then he does this series, which are all specific to different cities and different states. And it has like their local legends, local cryptids. There's, there's a bunch of cool stuff. If you haven't already checked it out, go check out Crypto Theology. All that also still available through the link tree, like I've been saying. Um, try to make everything quick and easy. So if you're interested in checking out Increase of Our Reality, it's L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Increase of Our Reality podcast. And if you want to check out the plethora of all the other crazy stuff that I do, you can go and check out the uh, Open Minds Media link tree and there you'll get connected to everything. Uh, that one is L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash open underscore minds underscore media. And with that, let's get into the show. Today with me, I have co-hosting Kyle Rainey from the Big Dumb Podcast. Do you want to give everybody uh, where you're from before we get into the show? Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's me, Kyle, with the Big Dumb Podcast. You can find it on all podcast platforms. <laughs> and I'm trying to mess with my lights here. But anyway, yeah, I'm Kyle. Uh, thanks for having me, Shane. I'm excited to uh, co-host with you today. This will be the second time, so hopefully more in the future. But to get into the guest today, we have Gina Black from... Uh, Haunted South Florida. How's it going today? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Not too bad. Glad to finally make it so that you could be on the show because we had a lot of awkward bouncing around for a minute there, a bunch of times that were conflicting, but we made it happen finally. Happy to be here. So uh, for anybody that doesn't know who you are, why don't you kind of give them a rough idea about who you are and what you do? Alrighty. Well, my name is Gina Black and my Instagram is SheHaunts. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. 
and I am a paranormal investigator in South Florida with my team is Haunted South Florida. And what we do is we bring awareness to the field, we host public events, and we do, which is all fundraising for local historical societies. And we also investigate homes and businesses for private clients if they're having any issues at their locations with the paranormal, we try to help them. Um, so yeah, uh, what, um, what exactly? Oh, I'm sorry, Shane, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Cal. You're just on a delay, bud. I'm sorry. Um, Gina, I was going to ask, um, I, I haven't heard of uh, investigative groups uh, working with, uh, you know, doing events, public events to raise awareness and things like that. Um, what are some events that you guys, that y'all host? I mean, and how does that, how does that go out? I mean, I'm just picturing y'all with like on a stage somewhere, you know, with a microphone and like, guys, their <laughs> ghosts are real. We have to, we have to know this. I I'm assuming that's not exactly how it goes, but that's what's running through my head. So what are, what are some of the events that you guys hold? Cause I bet that'd be kind of fun to go to at the very least. Right. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I've dragged so many of my friends to these kinds of things and I've, <laughs> I got lifers now because I've gotten my friends interested in it. So basically what we do at the events, uh, we have a couple of different locations that we work with. And when we, we do charge a fee, but the fee goes entirely to the historical society or the location, you know, whatever that might be. One of the locations that we work with is called History Fort Lauderdale. And this property is a, it's, it's got three different locations on it. It's the New River Inn, the King Cromartie House, and the Old School Replica Building. And that's located right in downtown Fort Lauderdale, which is uh, just north of Miami. And what we do for our guests is we give them a rundown of paranormal equipment, how to use it, all the ins and outs of the field. And then we let them come join us on an investigation. Oh, wow. And the guests get to use the, the tools and the equipment, just like you see on Ghost Adventures and Kindred Spirits and Ghost Brothers, all those popular shows. Oh, I love we Ghost Brothers. <laughs> That's Go my favorite. Ghost Brothers is by far the best. Yeah. <laughs> the best show. Uh, so you that's kind of cool you, it's like a maybe this is a bad comparison but like whenever the cops or like the fire department would ever come to the school for like career day or you know just like public safety or whatever it was you'd always want to be like hey can i hold your gun you know and <laughs> and the cops are all, the cops are always like no i can't do that but like i have a taser i can show you the handcuffs but you let them play with all of the tools that you guys have in your arsenal me, I would, I would love that. Like that, I'd be so happy if I, like, I would feel like a Ghostbuster just like walking around with this stuff. And that's, I'm sure that's how. We, that's a great way to get people involved and to get them excited about it, and then to take them on the, uh, you know, on the investigation. Are do they, are, do they get freaked out? I'm not a paranormal or haunted, scary kind of guy. I can't, I can barely do a haunted house, but um, I would imagine that they get, they might get freaked out. Once they actually go on the investigation. Well, it's, you know, everybody has their own comfort level. And we, of course, we, we begin our night and we explain that to everyone that even, even at times, our, you know, with ourselves, we have to, you know, take a breath, get some fresh air. If we have a moment where things are getting a little intense, it's always okay. We tell the guests, if you got to step out or if you don't feel comfortable with something, we have alternatives. And we have had that happen uh, recently on an investigation. There was a a playroom for inside this historical building and one of the guests didn't like the dolls inside the room oh so no she chose to stand outside the room and one of our investigators stood with her 
just to make sure she was feeling comfortable. And, you know, she had options to go to a different part of the house and investigate with other people. And she chose to, you know, she just wanted to peek in from the outside hallway. And that was what she felt comfortable with. And, you know, she still had a good time and, you know, she was at her own, at her own pace there. And, and, and it's, you know, I understand, especially if it's your first time, it can get a little spooky. And, you know, that's why we have so many investigators on our team to just ensure that people are feeling good. And mm-hmm. we would never want to make someone feel uncomfortable. It's, it's all about having fun. And, you know, we've investigated all the locations that we host events at, and we're pretty familiar with the local haunts that hang out at those locations. And, you know, we're very respectful of those spirits. And we also encourage our guests to also be respectful and we kind of teach them that etiquette. And I think that the overall experience that we get is positive because we're going in there with a positive attitude. We're not going in there, you know, and and antagonizing anything or trying to, you know, anything with these spirits. We come in and we, we say hello and we're here and, yeah, thank you for having us. And I think that helps kind of lighten the mood a little bit. I mean, there's uh, thrill seekers in almost every single group. And, you know, I'm sure that some of the spirits are definitely playful. Uh, has, has there ever been any weird experiences that have happened with, like, people trying to have fun, of course, but just, like, spirits being, being playful back to them? Yeah, you know, we've had a couple of guests uh, notice that they felt maybe kind of touched or, you know, maybe somebody came over and, and kind of poked them on their shoulder or something to that nature. But it's always, I think it's just because, you know, maybe new people in the space and the spirits are just trying to get to know them. It's never really been any anything negative, but, you know, it, it, everybody has their own experience. We've had some sensitives that have come on our group investigations and they, they've seen shadows. They've seen people just kind of, you know, looking in, just kind of getting the vibe. And uh, everybody's, as far as I know, have had a positive experience with that. So... So kind of going into your own like personal investigations, uh, just because I always like the stories of all the different things that happen when investigating, uh, what are some of your most uh, fascinating uh, things that have happened while you're doing your own investigations that are kind of aside from the groups? Well, I am, I want to say probably one of the most, if not the most skeptical in my group. I am always questioning everything. I'm the one who is oftentimes behind the camera. I always want to analyze all of the evidence and really make sure that we're, what we're getting is, is accurate. And I would say out of my own experiences, I've had a few situations that I found myself in on investigations that were pretty intense. And uh, I would say one of them was actually very recently. Uh, our group did a Halloween event at our local historical society. And we decided to host a little seance in uh, one of the parlor rooms. And during the seance, you know, we sat down at a table. We did a very, you know, polite chanting to kind of open up the circle. And we had ghost hunting equipment on the table. We had candles. You know, we were trying to make, you know, a nice ambiance for that setting. And uh, pretty much right off the bat, my legs started violently shaking which was really odd. And I I pointed it out to some of the other investigators that were kind of along the outside of the table and they were able to take out their ghost hunting equipment. And uh, they they noticed high levels of EMF spikes around me, which are only really supposed to come off of electronic equipment. And also they noticed a drop in temperature right over the spot on my leg that was, uh, you know, giving me an issue. And 
it was, it was pretty interesting. And I actually had to stop the session and I'm not somebody who has issues like that. I've never had that happen to me. And as soon as we broke the circle, it stopped. And I, I didn't have an explanation for that. And of course, having the validation from the other people on the crew that there was an EMF spike, which is thought to be paranormal, and also a drop in temperature just around that spot was pretty cool. Um, I also had a few months back, I was doing an investigation at a location in West Palm Beach. And I was doing what's called a baseline, which is where you walk around and you kind of just get a an idea for the readings, you use your equipment and just see, you know, what's a hot spot, what's not, so that the group can come in and do their investigation. And uh, I was just walking around and checking out the, the levels of, of, on various equipment, and I caught a voice on my cell phone, and it was pretty spooky. It said, I see you. Oh, no. <laughs> nope. 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 <laughs> yeah. So it was, and I was by myself. I had my cell phone out just because I was recording my, my readings. And, uh, you know, I, I also have professional recorders, but this was just on my cell phone. And, it, you know, I didn't hear it in the moment. I didn't hear it with my own ears. I actually only heard it later on. And it, it was something very unexpected. Uh, I had one more situation that was pretty neat, which was uh, on a vacation. I like to go, I like to sprinkle in some spooky situations into my vacations. And, uh, <laughs> As one does. <laughs> I was going to say, you got to touch base in at least every state you, you happen to land foot in. <laughs> of course. Every time I go out of town, I always seek something out. And I happen to be in Salem, Massachusetts, which is an amazing city. And Ooh. I was just kind of killing some time in between my museum tour and my shopping and all the things I was doing that day. And I found myself in the old uh, city burial cemetery, which is uh, primarily American revolutionary soldiers. There are some people that are connected to the witch trials and it's a very famous cemetery right mm -hmm. in the center of town. And I'm just walking around. I was using my little K2 meter, which measures EMF. And again, that, that tool is supposed to pick up on an electromagnetic field, which comes from electronics you put your cell phone on airplane mode, it usually avoids any sort of uh, interference. And I was walking around and I got crazy readings. So I started to film it. And I, I, I filmed myself, I'm walking up to a docent, I'm asking, hey, is there any electronic stuff around here? Are there, are there any electric lines? Are there, would there be any reason why this would be going off? And I was told by multiple sources, hey, this is a historic burial ground. There is no electricity anywhere within this you know, block radius. So that was pretty neat. So I continued to kind of walk around and I picked up a voice again on my cell phone. <laughs> and uh, it was an old timey gentleman that sounded like he was saying, I'll escort you. And, uh, Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, well, Gina, you, you mentioned earlier that you were, you know, one of the, the more skeptical people on your team. I mean, obviously you can't be too much of a skeptic if you're on an investigative team. Right. But do experiences like the ones you just mentioned, uh, do those make you at least in the moment or right after, do you feel less skeptical <laughs> at those times? Well, I do believe in the paranormal. I do believe that there right, is, right. you know, energy for various reasons. There are energies that are still within our space and I could go on on that topic forever, but <laughs> I do believe there are energies, but the, the problem I have is that everybody gets excited and a little mm. light goes off or something beeps and, oh, it's immediately paranormal. And in many cases, it could be something else causing interference. The biggest thing is cell phones. 
you know, we, we try to educate people when they come on our tours, hey, you got to turn your phone on airplane mode uh, or, or put your phone away to, uh, you know, another part of the room because the cell phone can cause interference with just about everything we use. Um, shadows can be debunked if there's any light sources, you know. So right. So you, look at so, those things. so you're not skeptical in the sense that you're not, uh, you know, you don't believe the, in, you not, not that you don't believe in the phenomenon, but you just know that there's a lot of BS and a lot of nonsense that can be mistaken. So you really, you're, you're just a train, you're trained, right? You know what to look for, you know what to, uh, you know, what to rule out. So I think that, I don't think that makes you skeptical. I think it makes you a, a well-trained individual in Thank your you. field. Um, <laughs> Um, and then I had another question too. Uh, EVP, electronic voice phenomenon. That's something that has always fascinated me. Um, I actually listened to a, an old Art Bell episode from uh, the Shout 90s. Art Bell. <laughs> about, oh, rest in peace, brother. And uh, th- I mean, this stuff was going on back in the 60s, like this electronic voice. As soon as we were able to, you know, use radio communications and telecommunications, people have been picking this stuff up. Yeah. And um, it, I would imagine that it, if a lot of people actually just left their phone on record or something like that, they would pick up a lot of things, you know, on the back end. Um, do you find that? Do you guys use that as a tool? EVPs are from the from the iPhone. Right, right. But do you do you use it as a? Is that one of your primary tools that y'all use? Is just microphones? Well, I have a recorder that's considered one of the more, you know, the industry standard styles, and that one is a unique model. And I'm, I'm glad that you brought up the, the topic of EVP because this particular recorder I have is actually from the 90s. Mm, and mm-hmm. it, it's used by just about everybody. You know, if you're watching a, a ghost hunting show and you're seeing a little silver recorder, it, they usually block out the, the brand, but it's... Oftentimes, the model is called the DR60, and mm-hmm. what happened was this recorder was widely used for lectures. So you would record a lecture, maybe in a college classroom or in a board meeting or whatever, and people were hearing voices on this recorder that were not there when they sat and hit record. So when when this started happening, people started looking at that recorder in the paranormal field, and they realized, hey, there's nothing defective about this. There's just something about this design that picks up EVPs better. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was lucky enough when I was kind of getting started with my team that I was able to use one of these in on an investigation. And I I just said to myself, I got to have this. I got to have one of these. And I've picked up some incredible evidence with that. But it's it's that particular model for whatever reason, the design, the shielding inside the recorder, the microphone of that particular model just works better than many other recorders. But the thing is now with the iPhone, it's such a sensitive recorder. If you use that voice record setting, not even a video, but just a voice record, what's cool is if you're in a dark room, you know, maybe you're investigating and you have dim lighting, there is a feature on that where you can actually see a visual of any sound in the room. Like so, a waveform, right? Exactly. And a lot of investigators are using iPhones or Android record apps that allow them to see that visual because if you're in a dark space, you might not hear it with your own hearing, but you'll pick it up and you'll see it and you'll know something's there. So it's it's pretty neat and more and more people are using it. And to be honest with you, I've tried so many different recorders. I you know, my, my group jokes with me because whenever people come with us, I say, here's a recorder, here's a recorder, here's a recorder. Because <laughs> I've tried so many of them. And 
you know, I, I, I have to tell people when they ask me, hey, what, what do I buy? Well, if you don't want to make the investment for, you know, the standard model, just use your phone, <laughs> you know, save the money for other things and, you know, other cool gear because, you know, more and more people are coming out with great evidence from the phone. So. Right. Well, and um, something else in that uh, our bell episode was that this was originally at least EVP was originally you know, a real scientific study. It was a real field of investigation by university scientists and researchers, and it kind of just died off, right? And now, honestly, the the whole field is is. I know you. A lot of people try to look at it through a scientific method lens, um, but it kind of gets written off. So, what are some of the things that your team does to kind of back up and gather and and collect evidence in a way that might give it more credibility to uh, the either the mainstream community or the the layman person out there who doesn't really you know who who trusts the science so oh, to say absolutely. like how would you what are some things that y'all do as a team to uh, I guess what's the word um, you know sure up your your evidence that's a great question and you know when it comes to investigating it has to be multifaceted you can't just do an EVP session you can't just do EMF detector. You have to validate your experience with multiple sources. And I'm not telling you anybody who's interested that you have to go out and spend tons of money because you don't. You can have a few basic tools in your tool belt and you can do a great investigation. Uh, some of the basics that I would recommend would be an EMF detector, a spirit box, some method of recording. And you know, you can just try knocking. If you knock on a wall and you hear a knock back, that could be an intelligent response. Mm -hmm. If you, you know, say something, if you ask a question and you get a specific response, that could be paranormal. And then if you back that up with a temperature drop and an EMF spike, well, now you have multiple sources to back up the theory that there's something paranormal. But oftentimes when we're getting a little piece of evidence, you might get a false positive. You might get a voice on, on the spirit box that sounds like it's intelligent, but then there's nothing else that comes afterwards. But when you have, let's say for an example, a spirit box, a spirit box session where you ask a, a specific question about, you know, how did you, how did you come to be in this place? And you get a response that's very specific to that location. You know, that's interesting. So, you know, when we're, when we're together as a team and we're with guests to educate them, we try to use a bunch of different sources. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that, I think, is, is what brings awareness to what we're trying to do. Because, you know, if you get a very intelligent response, for example, you know, if you ask a specific question about a year or a family member and you get a voice that says that person's name and when they passed away or the name of the location, that's not just a fleeting voice on an, on, a, on an AM radio station. That's something that might be coming through that's intelligent. Well, and so, I yeah. like what you said about, you know, multiple sources, mul multiple methods and tools and instruments, because I know a big topic right now, and I'm not changing subjects, I'm making a comparison, <laughs> uh, but the, uh, uh, the UFO phenomenon and the, the military aspect to it that a lot of our fighter pilots and and people are, are seeing these things and the big argument in support of 
these objects existing is the multiple means of evidence that and it's not only a pilot seeing it and his aircraft detecting it on radar, but you know, radar on the ground, radar on um, on the ship, and multiple other pilots also corroborating the same thing. So, obviously, I think with these types of subjects, though, for a lot of people, that's not enough. But it does start the conversation, right? It does because you can't. It's these topics where you can't just come out with an answer, right? It's not like you gathered all this evidence and all these people are tell- saying the same thing. And you're like, yes, 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 yes. But then there are you're like, well, what is it? Or what's the answer? If you don't know, it's it's impossible to say for sure. So I think that's, I think, uh, you know, paranormal stuff. I think the best you can do is what you're already doing, right? I don't know what else the community or researchers can do because of the just the nature of the topic. It's so hard to give a definitive answer except to say yes, there is something there. Yeah, and all you can do is look more into it. I'm sorry. I was just saying that all you can do is keep looking into it and keep it, but I don't know if we'll ever get a definitive answer, right? Maybe not in our lifetime, but, mm-hmm. you know, just with any field of science, you know, this is, this is an unknown. This is a, you know, in my opinion, a, 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 it has vast room for growth and there is a whole, you know, it's a whole part of science, parapsychology. You know, if you're looking into the study of paranormal, you know, and, and you're and you're looking back as far as, you know, 50 years ago, people were studying this stuff. And mm-hmm. there there are plenty of theories and there are people from all areas of science that have, have been recently talking about this. And even, you know, the, the topic of time itself, you know, there are some people that are questioning if time is works this, the way we think it does. Or if oh, it's, gosh. You know, there's alternative <laughs> And, and, you know, we have all these videos that are surfacing now with everybody with a camera in their hand and we're seeing glitches in the glitches in the matrix. We're seeing all these things. Um, and, you know, you bringing up earlier when we were speaking off camera, you know, about about Bigfoot. And, you know, I'm not saying I believe or I don't believe, but there's so much evidence out there that it's hard to dispute. Is it all fake? You know, how could it all be fake? And, and there's so many things that that kind of come into play there. And that's where I think the topic of paranormal is getting more, it's getting pushed more to the forefront because Mm -hmm. now with everybody with a camera in their pocket, everybody's filming, everybody's taking pictures. You're seeing more and more apparitions caught on camera. You're seeing more apparitions caught in photographs and it's becoming harder to say it's all BS. So, I mean, what's kind of like, I'm sure this changes frequently but like what's kind of like your understanding of like the paranormal because i know some people kind of side on the aspect of it being like a like a thinning of the veil where they're seeing something that's like theoretically in another dimension uh i've heard some stories where people think that they're like time slips where they'll see a ghost on the couch you know when they're 10 and then later on in life they'll be like up on the stairs and then they'll see something in the opposite spot and they'll kind of connect the two um and then there's also the other option that something so traumatic happened in a specific area that it alternates kind of like through time and it doesn't just, you know, because th- those are usually the ones where they don't typically like interact with people. They're kind of just stuck in their own, I guess, mm-hmm. repetitive, whatever was going on at that time that caused the traumatic event. But like, wh- where do you kind of side with? Well, what are your kind of views on understanding of the paranormal? Well, so I, I also, I'm going to go with a multifaceted uh, 
theory on this. And I don't think it's all just black and white. I think there are shades of gray. And I think um, to answer all of those questions, there are many theories out there, one of which is probably the most popular. It's called tape theory. And in that theory, it's believed that imprints are left on a location, almost like a photograph is taken on, on, on a piece in time. And for whatever reason, you know, something happened in this in this space and so much emotion and so much, you can even use the word trauma, uh, existed in, in a point in time that was so tremendous that somehow imprinted on a location and therefore you're seeing a loop and it's not intelligent, it's called residual. So there's that theory and a lot of people believe that within that, if you're looking at older homes, you know, how come you're always hearing about the ghosts from the 1800s and the 1700s, but we're not hearing about the 2005 ghost, you know? Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to bring know, up, yeah. And, and some people believe, you know, maybe that's because the materials to make up houses were different than they are now. And maybe some of those materials held on to energy differently. Maybe some of those materials in the, in the actual space were able to conduct that energy differently versus laminate floors and, you know, drywall, maybe, maybe just, you know, the actual location became some sort of conduit for that. Another theory is, is that when someone passes peacefully, no trauma, you know, you just, you go when you, when it's time for you to go and that person can choose to stay in their space. They don't necessarily want to leave. They don't want to go somewhere else. And there is evidence captured by so many different investigators you know, all over the place where you might get a voice or you might get some sort of apparition confirming, hey, I don't want to go. I'm happy here. This is where I choose to be. And there has been evidence. Uh, one of my personal experiences, I was at the, the famous Stanley Hotel, which is where, you know, that was inspired by The, the Shining. You know, it inspired mm -hmm. The Shining movie and book. And uh, the, the woman that was leading the tour said, hey, we're, we're loaded with all these child spirits that run around the hotel, but there's never been a death of a child. And, you know, her idea was, hey, this was their vacation of choice throughout their lifetime. And when they passed, they decided they wanted to go to the place that made them most happy. So, you know, there's that theory that maybe you can go where you choose to be. Maybe it's your house. Maybe it's your job or that you loved. Maybe it's your, you know, your favorite place to go sit down and have a picnic. Who knows? Yeah, or maybe it's a memory, like you said, with the vacations, right? Like if there's one spot you would like to spend eternity in, what would you choose? That's a good point. And I, yeah, I was going to bring up too about the, you know, the, you never see, you only see old ghosts. You never see new ones. <laughs> and, uh, cause that's something that's always, uh, you know, I would say the best theory that I heard was that it's just the nature of time. Like you mentioned earlier, it's time is just stacked on top of itself. And, you know, maybe we can only kind of see back and then, cause sometimes, you know, you see something and it almost as if like it, it's scared of you too, right? right? So maybe the ghosts of the past are seeing us in kind of our modern day garb. And they're like, well, what the fuck was that? Was it an alien or something? And then maybe the ghosts in the, in the future are looking back at us like, oh man, that guy's like, you know, so 2005, like what's his deal? Like that ghost is, he must've died a long time ago. So I don't know, maybe that's how time is stacked or something, but or, you know, maybe the, 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 the timelines ended at a certain point and we're just in the full on simulation at this point. But Gina, I do appreciate you breaking down those theories because I had, I knew of all of them, but I didn't know those were like the mo most popular, 
uh, yeah, and kind you know, of the, other, uh, the last one um, I just wanted to just talk about for just a second is you know the traumatic death mm-hmm. and sometimes when people die so quickly especially children that might not understand what happened um, sometimes those people get stuck in a location and they are trapped because they don't understand it, it happened so fast it was a car accident it was a, it was a violent murder it was you know a child dying from a disease and they didn't know that what death was and they're confused and they're stuck and they're lost. And that can be another type of haunting too, that is intelligent, that can mm-hmm. interact with people. And, and that, that is a really sad situation. And of course, you know, there are ways to deal with that as an, as a paranormal investigator to try to help, you know, there are people that can do that too, but there are just so many different theories. And I think that there could be some truth to a lot of them. And I just, I can't believe that it's all just black and white. You know, I have to believe there's, mm-hmm. there's you know, there's a lot at work that we don't understand. Well, the universe well, and that's, is so vast. That goes back to the, you know, having multi, taking a multifaceted approach, right? You can't just stick to one thing and expect to get all the answers. You have to be open-minded to all those other things. And uh, Shane, I have one more question, uh, but at, at least right now. Um, going back to your team, Gina, um, do you have anybody on your team who, you could, I don't want to call psychic, but is, uh, has abilities to kind of pick up on these things or perhaps communicate, or is it something that anybody can do? Um, what, what is the, like the makeup of your team? I guess, do you guys have a few super soldiers on, <laughs> on deck? Yeah, we, do. Uh, we have a, a clairvoyant and then we have okay. their cognizant and basically, and, and I'm not the expert on these things, but um, there's different levels of psychic abilities. You know, there's different mm-hmm. senses. Some people pick up on different kinds of things. Right, and right. Between the two of them, they they can sense people. They can sense emotion. They can sense. Uh, they can hear with their mind sometimes. That, you know, an answer to a question, and then we might get that answer on a recorder later on. And and they're oftentimes very correct in in what they thought they were hearing, and you know, in their minds you know, in, in mind's eye or whatever you'd like to call it. Right, right. And, you know, it's kind of neat when you have someone like that that kind of goes in blindly and they're able to pick up on certain aspects of your investigation and then you can validate them with the spirit box, you know, radio sweep tool and you can validate them with a recording device. And it's just kind of neat to see that in person because they, the two girls on our team absolutely play off one another. But I also think that if you're open to the paranormal, if you're just, you know, you're open mm-hmm. and you keep an open mind and you just go in and you, you don't keep that mindset closed, you're, you might be open to experiencing things that you never thought possible, even as someone who's not a sensitive. You know, I've, I've personally, I don't consider myself a sensitive, but I've picked up on emotions before. I've felt washes of emotions over me in investigations that I don't believe are my own. And I'm a very logical person. I have no reason to feel those emotions at that time. And, you know, that's, that could be a residual energy or, or a spiritual interaction, you know, of, of maybe picking up on that person and how they felt. So it's, I think it's just a matter of, you know, being open to it and right, right. Might be surprised with what you feel. I, I couldn't, I could agree. Yeah. I think that it's one of those things where, just with anything, if you can open yourself up to it, if you're willing to accept some things that might be seem odd, then you're going to 
kind of run into those things more, right? It's like if you buy a yellow car, all you're going to see on the road is yellow cars. You're going to be like, damn it. <laughs> so uh, I like to throw back into theories. I always think it's really fun to do. So kind of going into like the whole concept of like why you don't see old ghosts. Um, one thing that's kind of bouncing through my mind is that if uh, time doesn't necessarily move linear, if it like moves in a circle, say, what if we're say we're on this side of the circle and there's some a certain time on this side of the circle yeah, and maybe yeah. that's why you only see a ghost at a specific time is because right. you can only see what other time is happening in the it's other like side that, of it. Uh, TV show Fringe, which I, yeah. I thought was I thought was <laughs> it was a great show. I loved it. Um, yeah. I didn't I don't know if I ever watched the ending, but yeah, it was they had that was the same theory was that. When uh, the parallel universes, they, they kind of move in like sine waves and cosine waves. So they're moving opposites. But those points where they intersect, that's the time that you can go to the other universe and, you know, get some shit done. But then you have to wait for that time to come back before you can cross right over. I think that applies to all kinds of things, right? When just frequencies match up, that's when things, say, crazy things can happen. The frequencies too. Um, have you ever noticed if like, Say there's an older ghost and like an, like a ghost that's not as old. If they is go, resonate, hold on. On is like ghost a, different- a derogatory term? I have to know. <laughs> like, is this is this like? Okay. I know some people they feel a certain way about it. I, it you know, it's that's why it's I don't feel it. Thing for me, I don't feel a way about it, but I know some do. So I wanted to make sure that we weren't offending anybody by saying ghosts or spirit. Like, people you know. Get offended we- by <laughs> yeah. Do you ask? Do you ask ghosts for their pronouns? I'm sorry. Uh, keep going, Shane. <laughs> to be politically correct, we'll call them spirits. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, and I also, if if we're on an investigation, you actually do should ask who you're talking to. Yeah. You don't ask how did you die. You know. If oh, okay. Know, and they want to tell you. Okay, fine. But yeah, I got you. To walk in asking because it's a very personal question, and it, I think it would feel disrespectful if someone asked you that they don't know you, you know? So exactly. Yeah. That's And I just wanted to make, you know, clarify Shane, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. (laughs) No, no, no worries, man. I was going to say, so like when you have like an older ghost versus like, I don't want to say a new ghost, but like one that's not (laughs) from as old a time. Do you notice if they uh, like come in at different frequencies? Because then theoretically, like, you know how we're always talking about frequency and how things change through frequency and we're elevating our frequency. What if uh, the reason why we don't see, newer ghosts is maybe because it's like an elevated frequency that we're not able to pick up yet. And it doesn't mean that they're not there. It's just that maybe like the older ghosts are on like a lower frequency and that's what our equipment picks up. And like they're, they're relevant. It's just a matter of trying to figure out what frequency like the newer ghosts would be on. Yeah, I, I totally would. I can see there being, you know, uh, some truth to that. And I also think too, partially maybe why we're only seeing a lot of older spirits versus newer ones is that maybe the newer ones don't know how to manifest their energy to speak to us. You know, yeah, maybe it takes some time. Yeah. That, you know, it takes a lot of energy. It takes so much energy for them to speak through our devices. It takes so much energy and we'll even allow them. We'll say, Hey, if you need to use our batteries, drain our battery and it happens. And Oh shoot. Okay. You can use our batteries. You can use our devices, you know, take the energy and you'll see a battery. I kid you not. A brand new nine volt gets zapped. Put another nine volt, get zapped. And there's nothing wrong with the equipment, but in that particular location, maybe the spirits are trying to pull some of that energy. So it, it could be a sense that maybe the ghost from 2005 has only been a ghost for such a short while that they don't know how to manifest that yet. Well, and- Elon Musk is going to help with that with all these Teslas going around. They're going to have <laughs> so much battery power. They're just going to start taking the self-driving 
for, uh, add-on for your Tesla is not any software added addition. <laughs> it's opening up the spirit world to let let the uh you know 2005 boys drive your car that's all why do i keep showing up to this old abandoned house i don't understand every single time no matter what i set the destination to i end up here (laughs) sorry guys i had i had to throw that in there (laughs) because i didn't i've never heard of them draining battery power that's crazy that's that's uh i'm getting i don't like this and he tells us he's doing it we'll put we'll put something in, in the kitchen and it'll get drained and then we'll say, was that you that drained it? And then we'll get a response. Yes, that was me. You know, we'll get stuff like that. And they learn, they learn. They're intelligent, some of them. And they figure it out. It's I almost want... I almost wonder if, uh, kind of, since we're moving into this world of like virtual reality, metaverse, all that kind of stuff, that's oh, clearly be, all electronic. There's going to be ghosts like, in the metaverse, bro. That's what I was going to say. I wonder <laughs> if there's going to be a new method of like paranormal investigating where you're able to like map a specific area to have like a frequency that's like a metaverse, and you could put on like a virtual reality helmet and have Dude. something like be able to use <laughs> that energy from the metaverse to be able to sh- physically show itself in front of you. That would be really Dude. cool. Dude, that's Shane. That's crazy. <laughs> Million dollar idea right there. We we need to channel. We need to channel the spirits. We need to channel the spirits into the VR. I mean, and then then they would wouldn't that kind of set them free, right? Like I would say, if it, you almost made like a would, spirit box, you could tell them to project themselves into that spirit box, and that's like the reality that you put up the helmet on, and then you get to sit inside of. So they don't oh, have you, to manifest themselves. Then you can have a face to face conversation with these spirits, like in their world, right? Oh man! Oh Shane, we are gonna make some money, baby. That's what <laughs> that I'm talking is- about. If we can, we're not smart. Really cool movie, Oh yes, absolutely. Um, I had another question too, uh, Shane. Unless you had any more theories, I just had another question, just kind of about about the organization. Uh, if that's all right, Shane. Um, so you mentioned you you partner with a lot of historical societies. Um, how do th- how do those organizations respond to to what you guys do? Do they welcome it are they appreciative of it obviously you're raising money for them they probably don't hate you that much but um assumably <laughs> you know, but so yeah so like how what's that relationship like because i feel like that's another great way to kind of give cr- uh credit and credibility to what y'all do because i i believe what y'all do is is good work and important to do but the fact that you're partnering with you know the local museums and the you know we have a historical society right here in town um like I, I would love to, you know, that would make me feel a lot better about participating or maybe helping you guys out. So what's that relationship like with those local organizations? Well, you know, we're very lucky that we do have receptive people at the helm that are willing to let us come in and do what we do and they embrace it. And it's no secret, you know, many of the places that we've worked with, they, it's, the public knows that it's on it. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not just you know, a, a rumor here or there and they embrace it. And then there are some places that of course do not, you know, and, and that's unfortunate, but I think that the places that do embrace it, you're bringing in a different crowd of people. And what I've found is that, for example, if we have somebody that comes in on an investigation and we take them through a property and then they want to come back the next day and take the history tour because they want to learn even more. I mean, we give a little right. bit, you know, but we're there to investigate. So we just give kind of like, you know, the, the icing on top. Okay, this person lived here. This person lived here. You know, this would this home belong to this family. We believe X, Y, Z is here. And, you know, we get into investigating. But they, those people will come back and take the daytime tour so that they can learn more about the property 
So it's mutually beneficial to everybody because then they're going to come back and and maybe get a little more into the history. That's that's actually really great. That's really smart. Um, we also have kids. Say, we bring kids with us. On oh, kids good. Investigations <laughs> and you know it it makes it more interesting for them because just going to a museum if you're ten years old, who cares? But oh, right. I get to go and I get to investigate for ghosts. That's cool. <laughs> so, but you you mentioned that you. You know, there's some places, some organizations that really don't want anything to do with you guys or whatever. Okay, so I have to ask this. Have you guys ever gone or have you ever gone on like a covert op where like you're, go- you're going deep- <laughs> you're going deep undercover? Like you're t- maybe maybe you're taking the daytime tour just, you know, oh, but I have this I have this weird heart thing that I have to wear on my body. And like, do you go undercover? How what's that like? <laughs> Well, you just, you know, you try not to be suspicious. And, and if you're going to a place, you know, it's one thing that I like to do is uh, antique malls or antique stores. You know, oh, go around. You follow the energy of items. Yep. I mean, nobody's really looking at you. I mean, they might just think you're on your phone or something. Um, but I, I've done it at some, at some prominent locations, a few hotels. My, my favorite thing to do is I'll go have a drink at a location that's haunted, maybe at a bar. And then I'll just walk around the hotel like I'm staying there and just do a little, <laughs> a little investigating. Um, nice. But, you know, it's, it's always good to support when you can, but some places just don't have an opportunity. And, you know, I think that they're, I think that's starting to change because now we're seeing a rise in, you know, TV shows, you know, gotta love the ghost brothers. I love them so much. Uh, there's, you know, obviously the, the classics, you got ghost hunters and ghost adventures and kindred spirits and all those, those shows, but there's more and more and more coming out. And mm-hmm. I think more people getting into the paranormal and curious about it, the more that that will benefit these locations, you know. And one thing that was kind of weird about visiting when I went to the Stanley Hotel last summer was they do have ghost tours, but they don't encourage ghost hunting. So you can go take the tour and get the history, but it's kind of lame if you don't have the option for well, ghost hunting. And they used well, to they used to embrace it, but they don't really anymore because the management changed. So. Right. Well, and that's kind of, you know, I'm a, I'm a hunter myself and it's fascinating how, you know, hunters, they get a bad rap, but they're really like the most pro conservation of the environment that there is out, out of all the people out there, even more so than the environmentalists. Right. And so the fact that what you guys do, you, you call it ghost hunting, but really you're bringing resources, awareness, and almost that kind of conservation aspect to these places uh in order to preserve that experience for other people uh or for you know the next generation so i think that's that's great that they that it in the end there is a positive outcome to the work that you do because not just on the information side but actually impacting the community at large i think that's great because that's one way just to get more people behind and obviously it's working for y'all you have a you know you have these tours, you have these events, and people seem to enjoy it. That's awesome. Next time I'm in Florida, I'll I'll uh, swing by. Well, I'll hand you I'll hand you a beep beep, and you can. Uh, come oh, I'd, I would go crazy with that thing. Be careful. <laughs> Maybe don't hand me anything. Let me. I'll just watch. Um, it, do y'all post your um, any of your footage on like YouTube or anything like that? Is there where could um, just for the most part on Instagram right now? On Instagram, okay. Yeah, because the thing is that the team is more like our team is more grassroots, you know, we want to just investigate and teach people how to investigate. Some of the people on the team like myself and some of the other folks, you know, that's in the group, we also have accounts where we might share our footage, but we're not trying to make it 
a big production really because okay. it's more about the investigation, not about the cameras and the tripods and all those things. Okay. So, and, and all that stuff is great. And I'm not saying I'm not recording because I'm always, I'm always rolling, but I'm trying to capture mm-hmm. evidence. You know, I'm trying to, in the moment, I'm trying to validate, but right, right. You know, there are some, there are some teams that they don't go on an investigation without the big rig of all the, all the cameras and on the tripods and, and all the software. And, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that it's not for everyone. And yeah. And it's expensive too. It can be very expensive. And, but do you, but you guys do post on like your Instagrams, like some evidence you might see or, or an, uh, something like a, a clip of something that happened. Absolutely. Tons of cool. It. That's and, awesome. You know, I try to always keep it. I, I, some videos are a little bit longer just cause they have to be, but I try to just put the 30 second snip. That's really cool. Because, TikTok baby. You know, TikTok. Hands <laughs> of like five minutes now. So. <laughs> I was going to say, when you take the entertainment factor out of it too, it almost makes the research more like tangible and it makes people take it more seriously because if you're just posting constant videos of just all this crazy stuff happening, then everybody's going to kind of question it. But if you're doing clear, solid research, you're doing the things like you're doing for the, with the, uh, with the different museums and everything, it just, it brings more tangibility to what you're doing, of course, where it, exactly. it doesn't seem like you're just doing it for fun or entertainment, you know? We also tell people, and you know, I've I've been let down at certain investigations that you're not always going to capture something. And we try to really, you know, bring people into the hot spots of the locations, you know, places we know have activity. But even in, on the most, you know, the most active location, we'll have a slow day, and unfortunately, we can't really control that. Uh, I've been on investigations where literally nothing has happened, and. I've been on investigations where things are happening within the first five minutes of us setting up. So it just, it, it really is not predictable. And, you know, and that's what makes the experience more valuable, I think. And it makes it really exciting because people, you know, if you looked at my videos, I'm posting the coolest stuff that happened that night. I'm posting the 30 seconds that was the gold, you know, that I've been digging for all night. But most of the night we're sitting in a dark room and we're asking questions, or we're using this, you know, it's, it's a waiting game. And just like, you know, you mentioned hunting, you know, you're out there all day, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And then you have a few mm-hmm. minutes of action and that's it. But that's what makes that more special when you finally get that moment that you were looking for. Is there usually like peak times for things to happen? Like is the witching hour actually something that comes into play when it comes to paranormal investigating or is it kind of just whenever the spirits feel like doing what they're doing? Well, I mean, I think the reason why people investigate at night is for a couple of reasons. A, it's quieter. Usually there's less ambient noise, less people on the roads, less people making noise outside. So, you know, you're not going to hear the lawnmower and the birds and the kids playing outside. So you have a better opportunity to pick up on a, you know, a softer voice or, you know, a sound you might not have heard. But I would actually have to say that some of my coolest evidence I've ever captured was during the day, middle of the day, you know. And I think that if, if you're in the right place at the right time, it can happen at any time. I just think that more people are picking it up at night because there is just less noise pollution that you have to worry about. So, uh... I guess kind of kind of gearing up towards the end of the show. Um, is there any place that uh, people can come and find you if they're interested in finding all of your stuff? And uh, if people are interested in doing some of these tours and they happen to be in the area, where would they go and find all the information for these tours? Absolutely. Well, my, my Instagram and TikTok, TikTok is the same. It's just she haunts. One and word. And I also will 
post all kinds of evidence on there. I have a blog where I get into some more detail on locations and theories and experiences. And my team is at Haunted South Florida on Instagram. And we also have hauntedsouthflorida.org is where we post our events and any sort of, uh, you know, upcoming fun situations that we're up to. And not all of them are ticketed. Uh, the one that we're doing this Saturday is actually free. And uh, we're working with a, the Gold Coast Railroad Museum in Miami, and it's a free event from 11 to 4, and uh, which is kind of neat for anybody who's interested in you know getting started and maybe wants to dip a toe into the, the paranormal. So, you know, it's, we're always updating it there, and uh, we're, we're just continuing to grow. And we're, we're a relatively new group. We've only been around for about – I mean, we've all known each other in different capacities, you know, in the community, but we've been together as a group for about six months. And it, things are just going to keep growing, and we're doing more and more in our community. So hopefully we'll have more events for people to join up on real soon. I really like what you guys are all about. Like you guys seem to be very different from a lot of other paranormal teams I've talked to. And I really appreciate that you guys got that like community base. And it's a really cool, interesting aspect that not a lot of people have. That's what I I was going to say. I I haven't talked to many paranormal researchers personally, but I've listened to a lot and uh, you and your group do sound just like the, maybe the chillest, you know, the people I'd (laughs) want to go hang out with. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure not everybody's chill in the group. I'm sure you got some, you know, some wild ones in there, but every group does, but just as a whole, you guys sound like you're doing good work for the right reasons with the right mindset. And I think that's, what's going to make you guys successful is just that, that, uh, attitude that you have. So thank you. Thank you. G thanks for having me, Shane. This was great. I, I was very, uh, I didn't know. I just jumped into it and I learned a, a ton of stuff. So, Gino, it was nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Uh, I will definitely give you a follow and you'll have to come on my show sometime and repeat everything you just said. <laughs> um, I would love that. <laughs> awesome. And I'll have to have her on my other show too, of course. And uh, one thing oh, I always like to yeah, do. Yeah, get her on with Ghost. That'd be great. Yeah, Bizarre Encounters. Yeah, and I think Ghost would probably love to have you on the show too. And you can just get the word out about what you do. <laughs> Pass you along to all the podcasters. <laughs> oh, you're going to get the run of it now. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, one thing I always like to do at the end of the show, um, hopefully it's not too spare the moment. I usually warn people in the beginning, but I like to do words of wisdom from the guests to the listeners. So if you have any words of wisdom that you live by or any words of wisdom that you'd like to give to anybody that's interested in becoming a paranormal investigator, uh, what would it be? Well, a couple things I would like to say is that if you have experienced a ghost and you're afraid to say something, you know, there are people out there that will believe you and that will not think you're crazy. And in fact, you know, many of us would beg to differ that there's anybody crazy that experiences a ghost and it's normal. It's nothing weird about it. Also, for anybody who's interested in becoming a paranormal investigator, I waited way too long. I thought for years, I've always, I've always loved it. I've always dabbled. I've always, you know, seeking things out, but I never really jumped in. And I'm so happy that I finally made the decision to do that and, and really pursue it you know, as a passion, because it truly does bring me happiness. And I love showing people how to do what I do. I love talking with people about it. I love sharing experiences. And I think that if anyone else out there is, is curious, you know, if you can find a local group or if you can find a local event or just get it together with a friend and, you know, start investigating on your own, it's, it's, it's not unattainable and it's so much fun. So don't, don't waste any time. 
can't say it enough. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. And this was an awesome conversation. I'm sure the listeners loved listening to it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, anytime. And uh, for anybody that uh, wants to come and find you, Kyle, I want you to let them know where to find you too. Oh gosh, I, I have to follow Gina. Okay, um, I'm Kyle <laughs> with the Big Dumb Podcast. Uh, you can Google me, you can find me. And uh, yeah, thanks Shane, this was great. Appreciate it. Hopefully all of you guys enjoyed the show. And speaking of you guys, if there's anybody that would be interested in being a guest on the show, if there's anybody that is interested in sponsoring the show in any way, shape or form, if there's a topic that you guys would love to have covered on the show, or if there's a guest that you guys would just really, really love to see on the show, um, if or just in general, man, if there's anything you can contribute to the show that you want to contribute to the show, be it fan art, be it uh, random clips, like whatever, I'm interested to in hearing all of it from all of you guys because, again, I appreciate all you guys and I love all you guys. So if there's anything that you guys want on the show, please don't hesitate. Please send me an email. It's uh, increase of our reality podcast at outlook.com. And, uh, you know, if, if you don't want to send it through email, you want something a little bit more personal, you can definitely go and hit me up on Instagram. Um, most active, of course, is on Increase of All Reality or the Open Minds Media page. But uh, definitely go shoot me a message on there. Um, and for anybody else that wants those links out loud, again, I'll just make it quick and easy. Uh, L-A-N-K-T-R, period E-E, slash Increase of All Reality Podcast. And the one for Open Minds Media with the same link true beginning is open underscore minds underscore media. And with that... Hope all of you enjoyed the show. I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody.